Hey, good morning. All right, people, come on now. I know it's time change Sunday, but Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive and victorious, so so are you, even if it doesn't feel that way. So, good morning. All right, good to be with you guys. You guys joining us online, glad you're here. We're starting a new series this morning. Uh, I am uh, keenly aware, I'm so thankful for uh, blessings in my life. In fact, I, I, <clears throat> I think one of the most powerful things that we get to think about are ways in which someone uh, will bless you or do even just the, a little thing that makes a huge difference. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with a story, or actually a, it's not a story, but it's an actual happening in 1950, 1950 in Sweetwater, Texas. Sweetwater, Texas, Sweetwater is, uh, you haven't never heard of Sweetwater, well, you might have heard of Sweetwater, Texas because uh, it's, it's world famous for uh, one thing, the rattlesnake roundup, rattlesnake roundup. And, um, and I know what you're thinking, why would anybody round up rattlesnakes? Because that's all there is to do in West Texas. That's it. And so in, uh, there, it's a little bitty town. There's a Dairy Queen. And I think there's a Schlotzky's now. So props to them. But in uh, 1950, it was a little, little back, backwoods town in, uh, in, in West Texas, there was a family who uh, birthed a child that was uh, three months premature. Born three, now three months premature is incredibly dicey in 2021. In 1950, it's a death sentence. And so this child was born and uh, what the doctor said is this, listen, um, we can, the, the, the lungs are not developed enough for this child to survive. We can give it oxygen to try to help its lungs along. But if we give this little boy oxygen, if we give him oxygen, what it's going to likely do is blind him and severely impair his brain. And so uh, the, doc the prognosis was so bad that the, the father effectively uh, wouldn't even acknowledge that he had had a son. I mean, the, uh, the dad just pretended like there was no baby and wouldn't even acknowledge him at, at, at any point in time. And so... Uh, they had kind of left the baby alone. It looked like it was, it was bad news. The, the baby was descending. A nurse walks by and hears the baby just gasping for breath and just chooses to give it a little oxygen and just see what happens. And so for about a three-month window, uh, they do this dance of trying to give this infant oxygen in whatever kind of makeshift incubator they had in 1950 in the middle of nowhere, Texas, uh, to try to bring this baby along for three months. And by the grace of God, not only does this baby survive, not only does this baby live, but uh, has absolutely zero side effects from the oxygen. Total miracle. I mean, a, a supernatural miracle. And all I can think about is what what was in the mind and the heart of that nurse when she heard the baby just gasping for breath and says, you know what? I, it, this may mean destruction for this child, but we gotta give a, ch a chance for this child to live. Just willing to give just a little bit and just to see what would happen rather than giving up. This little act of let's see what might happen. That story is so powerful to me because that was my father. <laughs> that baby, that infant was my dad. Wasn't supposed to live, wasn't supposed to make it. <clears throat> I'm not gonna do that. 
He wasn't supposed to live. He wasn't supposed to make it. And if he did, he was supposed to be severely impaired. By the grace of God, God, by the grace of God, he brought him through. And somewhere at the age of 13, there was a pastor that said, hey, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Never heard that, he'd grown up in church, but there was a pastor, a new pastor that came and said, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It totally changed and transformed his life. And that, my dad passed that on to me. And just as assuredly as we sang this song that God was blessing through generations, I had the opportunity to come into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ because my father, somehow by the grace of God, somebody blessed him with some oxygen, brought him through and believed for something greater. And the Lord brought him through and began to bless me. And of course, uh, from that place, there were so many people that have built into my life. I think about other leaders that came along, a guy named Deron Tucker and a guy named Mickey Eccles and a guy named Pat Brown. And those names mean nothing to you. You will likely never know those men. But if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be standing here today. Just these little investments in my, in fact, the most important thing was not anything that those men, and those, those men were a part of the youth ministry that I was a part of, and they helped and they served. I, 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 I can guarantee, and I don't, you know, I would hate if they heard this, I don't remember anything that those men ever preached. I don't remember any of it, but what I remember is they would invite me to ball games, and they'd just hang out with me, and they'd listen to me as a doofus teenager. Lord, have mercy on my soul, right? I mean... Just all, whatever, the, all the swirling things that were going on in me as a teenager, and they were just willing to invest and just to spend time. These little acts, they're so radically transformative over my life. It is so powerful when we stop to think for a moment of the little ways that someone has come and sought to bless us, and it meant the world. It wasn't actually this huge thing. It was just these little things that people would do. And all of a sudden, it had this transforming work in our lives. Every one of us could think back to some of those kinds of times, those kinds of people that would give of who they are just to be a blessing in some way. They shared their home or they shared their warmth or their kindness or they shared a story with you that touched your heart in a way, or they shared their money or resources, or they took something small that they had and they gave it to us, or they have maybe just a little bit of wisdom to impart as we were walking through something unique. These actions, these little bitty gifts of blessings that made these huge marks in our lives. It's so incredible to be able to look back and to be able to say, I'm so truly blessed. I don't know how often we get to have that thought. But it's good to pause on a Sunday and just to be able to say, man, I'm, I'm tremendously blessed. Tremendously blessed. And my fear is this, that we might think about this word bless and think maybe little of it. That we can trivialize a little bit what it means to actually be blessed. Because even in our culture, the ways in which we use the term or the, uh, the phrase to be blessed or blessing is often um, kind of, it's kind of deadish, honestly. I mean, if you think about, um, you know, if someone uh, looks at a guy that's like struggling to like ride a bike and they go, oh, bless his heart. <laughs> they don't actually mean any blessing at all. What they mean is, gee, this kid needs help, right? You know, I mean, so it's, you had that phrase, or uh, eff effectively, right, uh, the, the way that we think of blessing is like a hashtag, right? Because you see somebody and they're on vacation and they're showing you their lobster and they're like, hashtag blessed, you know? And you're like, 
All right, that's cool. I, that's cute. I'm not against showing your food over vacation. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it can trivialize the word blessed. What does it actually mean? I'm, I'm not here to knock on any of that. I, listen, I thank God for food. I thank God for vacations. I thank God, you know, hashtag blessed. You know, when like a guy is uh, showing his, his awesome spouse, uh, you know, his wife on, on Instagram, like, oh, she's so, she's so pretty, hashtag blessed, because you know that you've stumbled so far up the ladder. You never deserved her, right? You know that? Yeah, there's a lot, most of the guys in this church, right? Yeah, you're, you, you married way up, right? And I, I'm one of those guys. Right, but we can trivialize that, that word a little bit to actually forget what it actually means to have blessing and to carry a blessing on our lives or to be blessed. It's really easy to trivialize this word. It's really easy to trivialize what it means to have a blessing in our lives. And so what I wanna do for uh, this series and what I wanna do specifically this morning is to unpack what it actually means to receive and to have blessing over our, line, uh, over our lives because this word bless or to be blessed, it's actually at the center, the centerpiece of our faith that what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a Christian, this concept is literally in the center of it. I want to go back to the beginning. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one. If you're here in the room, under the chair in front of you. If you guys are at home, grab a Bible or get on your phone. I want you to be able to see, because I'm literally taking us back to the very beginning of our faith. We're going back to the seminal moment in which our faith is actually launched forward. And it starts with a guy named Abram. And God chooses Abram out of his own goodness. He picks Abram and says, uh, I'm going to call you into this new covenant. You go to Genesis chapter 12. We're just going to start in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. So I'm asking you to uproot everything. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. But I'm asking you to go forward. And I'm asking you to effectively, blindly trust me. And here's what he says. And I'll make a... I'll make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you all curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, this is the beginning covenant for our entire faith. What we share in Christ, this is the beginning point. This is amazing, because you ask, well, what does this have to do with it? God's calling this guy Abram. What does this have to do with me? Paul unpacks it in Galatians chapter three when he's writing to the church in Galatia, and he says this, Galatians chapter three, verse seven. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. So all who believe in Christ are the children of Abraham. He's not saying that we now somehow become Jewish or anything like that. What he's saying is we've been brought into this same faith. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, that's all of us that are not Jewish, by faith. And he announced the gospel 
in advance to Abram. What's the gospel? All nations will be blessed through you. I'm coming to touch people's lives and you're gonna be a part of it. This is what our entire faith is circling around this. God is out to bless, to pull people in, to bring people into an understanding, a rich relationship with him. And so there's this twofold call that's going on here. Both what he says is this. One, I am going to bless you. The nations of the earth are going to be blessed through Abram, through this faith. I want to bring blessing upon you. But there's a reason for the blessing. If you go back in your Bibles, you can look. At, uh, back in Genesis chapter 12, here's what he says. I will bless you and make your name great. Why? So that you will be a blessing. There's a twofold promise here. Our faith is a two-way street in which God says, I'm, going, I'm coming to bless you richly, but you need to understand this. I'm blessing you because I want you to be a blessing. I'm coming over you and giving you my, my presence, my nearness, because I want you to give it away. In other words, we are blessed to bless. The point, the meaning of our faith, to be able to come into this life-giving alignment with the king of the universe is to say, I wanna give to you because in and through you, I wanna touch the nations of the earth and touch the world around you. And so it's incredibly important that we begin to understand that there is this fountain that our faith is meant to be this pouring in to us and pouring out from us. That our faith actually doesn't work well if it's all pouring out, and our faith does not work well when it's all pouring in. God has designed this thing for us to be poured into from a good father and to be able to pour out and give away. And there's life in it. And so it's important for us to begin to define what this word blessing actually means because if we're not careful, we can think that what it means to be blessed is that my body is healthy or my bank account is full or my relationships are all great. Now hear me, I absolutely love when all of those things happen, right? When the finances are working and the relationships are working and your health is good, that's a blessing. We thank God for that. That's awesome, right? But it can absolutely 110% be true that you can be fully blessed while you are sick. You can be blessed while you're walking through economic hardship. You can be blessed in the middle of a weirdo pandemic. You can be blessed when life is hitting you harder than it's ever hit you before. And this is what's important for us to begin to understand when we talk about what it actually means to be blessed. I love, there's a quote out of the book uh, by Mark Batterson. It's called, in his book called Double Blessing. Here's what he says. He says, he asks this question, is God promising health and wealth and prosperity? The answer to that is an unequivocal no. God promises us something so much better than physical health or material wealth. Plus, some of God's greatest blessings are blessings in disguise. The blessing of God is not an immunity card against pain or suffering. What he's saying is this. I want you to look 
at the real blessing. You wanna know what the real blessing is? You know what it means to actually be blessed? What, is, what it is to have the blessing of God? Are you ready for this? What does it mean to be blessed? To be blessed is to have God. He's the blessing. This is the call. And everyone who has him lives in fullness, has everything, might not have all the dollars, might not have all the relationships worked out perfect. Health might not be totally great, but when you have God, you have everything. And this is what God wants to grant and give to every one of us. I love, love, love this verse in, uh, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 15. As this covenant is being formed, I want you to see what God says to Abram as he's initiating this covenant. He says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Here's what he's saying. God's gonna, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you land. I'm gonna give you kids. I'm gonna give you livestock and cattle and all these amazing things. This is all, this is, I'm gonna, you're gonna have descendants beyond the stars. You got all this stuff going, but you need to hear this. I am your great reward. I'm the great reward. You can have all the things, but the things in this life are not what matters most. What matters most is me. I'm giving you me. I'm giving you my presence. I am your shield. I am your great reward. This is where you'll find joy. This is where you'll find hope. This is where you'll find life. And it won't come from any other source. There could be great things going on in your life, but trust this, to be truly blessed is to have me. This is the beauty of what God is. And here's what he's saying. He isn't dangling this saying, I'm, I'm the gift, I'm the blessing. Hope you can figure it out. What he's saying is, I'm the gift, I'm the blessing. I'll never leave you or forsake you. You always have me. God is the one dangling the carrot. Hope you get blessed. What he's saying is, you can have all of me that you want. And I would just say this to everyone sitting in this room and everyone joining us online. God is ready to give the full measure of everything you're willing to ask him for. Whatever you're willing to chase after, whatever you're willing to pray for and ask, there is, the father is a good father. He is ready to give himself liberally to every one of us that would ask. He wants us to know this forever. He's our blessing. He's our fortune. He's our inheritance. He's our hope. He's our shield. He's our deliverer. He's our provider. He's our protector. He's our savior. He's our blessing. It's who he is. And we're meant not just to receive him, but church to be a conduit of him to the world around us. This is where life actually happens. This is what we were meant to do to give him away, to walk with our hands wide open saying, God, bring to me and give to me everything that you are and everything you wanna do. And Lord, help me to have open hands to give it away to those around me. This is the call on our lives. And so here's the question. What if every day, what if every day 
we had a primary aim to partner with Jesus to call people back to God. To draw people back to him to say, if you want to be truly blessed, this is what it means. What if every day we were ready to partner? Listen, I know you got a job. You got work projects. You got reports you got to turn in. You got kids that you got to shuffle all over the place, right? You got bills that have to be taken care of. All of those things you got to do every day happens. But listen, all of those things, important as they may be, as they may be they're all secondary. There's a primary reason you're taking breath into your lungs right now. And that is to host the presence of God, his blessing to be upon you and to look for ways we can give it away. Ways we can bring blessing to others, to be blessed and to bless others. Jesus himself, he just came to bless. Do you know that the first recorded sermon that we have from Jesus starts with blessed in fact, there's nine statements. He goes back to back to back to back. He says, blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. And he changes the game. But here's what he's shouting from the rooftops. Literally, literally shouting from the mountaintop. As all the masses are gathered, he says, I want you blessed. I'm preaching on this because I'm turning the world upside down to, so that you know what the father is like that there's a good father and he's for you and he's not against you and he has blessing to bring over you and to cover you with. I want you blessed, but ultimately I want you blessed because I want you to be a blessing to others because I want them to know the father. When Jesus makes those statements, you know what he's saying? I want you to know what my father's like. I'm just here to bring you to the father. I wanna show you how good he is. I wanna show you his faithfulness and his kindness and his mercy. I want to show you that he thinks differently than mankind thinks, that his ways are higher than our ways. That's what Jesus came to do is show us the father, to bring people to the father. He's just calling people in to know him, to follow him, to walk with him. Jesus came to bless, to help people find their way to know him. And so here's the question. What if every day we join Jesus by just seeking to bless those around us, those that are far from God, those that don't know Jesus, those that don't know that the Father is really good. What if every day we woke up with a new mission, a fresh mission? Today, I just, I'm just i gonna look for opportunity to bless. I've been blessed and I wanna give it away. What if we quit hoping that people somehow meet God and we started partnering, saying, God, I wanna just be a part of the solution for people knowing who you are and what you're like. What if we help them find their way to knowing God? Every person in Franklin, every person in our county, what if we had a mission, I just want people to be blessed. I want them to have a chance to know what true blessing is, which is just to know the heart of the Father. That we get the privilege, if you will, the blessing of partnering with the King of the universe to help people know who he is. Now, listen, even as I say this, uh, if you've gotten to be around church for any amount of time, you can feel the struggle a little bit because when we start talking about helping people find their way back to God, often we think immediately about pushing or pressuring people or even trying to persuade people or even, you know, in some ways manipulate people into knowing God. Listen, I, I want to just say there's no part of the gospel 
that is calling the people of God to, to walk with heavy-handed per, and wrong persuasion, a, a wrong spirit of trying to pull people in. What God wants to do is use us just to be a blessing. For us just to open our hands and say, God, how, how might you use me today? I just want to be ready to bless. I just want to be a, a, a blessing. I want to be kind. And what we actually see, and we'll finish with this, what we actually see is Jesus uh, doing very practical things just to be a blessing. If Jesus came to bless, then what did he do? What did it look like for him to bless? And I want to give just five biblical strategies that Jesus gave to us for blessing. And then we're going to cover and just ask for God to come and, and bring his blessing over us. So here's what Jesus would do. Number one, Jesus always began with prayer. If you want to become a blessing, we're just going to be, if we're going to be people that partner with Jesus, number one, we're just going to start by praying. Just begin with prayer, right? Uh, he didn't talk about pray. Listen, Jesus didn't talk about praying or feel guilty about not praying. That was never Jesus. With all of the demands on Jesus' life and all the people that wanted to have him heal or touch them or they wanted to hear him, all the people pressing in, Jesus never went, not one time did he go like, oh, I'm supposed to pray. Now I gotta go talk to God if I'm gonna do my ministry well. That never happened once. In fact, uh, Luke chapter five, what, look, you can look. It says, news about him is spreading all the more and crowds of people are coming near to him to be healed of their sicknesses. But what does it say, verse 16? But just Jesus often just withdrew to lowly, lonely places and he just prayed. We see the, if the, the primary way Jesus actually blessed people is he just got with his father. He just began with prayer. Came to him in prayer. It was beautiful. Number two, Jesus listened. That one of the greatest things we can do to bless people and to honor and show love is just by listening, just being people. If you want to go like, how could I be a blessing to someone? Just be willing to listen. This is what Jesus did. Jesus dignified people. He heard people's stories. He listened to their words. He engaged them in conversations. When all of the religious leaders like wouldn't, couldn't even be found among the peasantry, Jesus was the one that was just coming right in and having these intimate, amazing conversations all throughout the gospel, just listening to people's stories and understanding, hearing where they were coming from. The other thing he did is he, he eats with them. This is, you want to you be a blessed? This is awesome. All right, for all you foodies out there, okay? All right. The, the main thing that, the main knock on Jesus is he's sitting down and eating with sinners and tax collectors, which are effectively saying traitors, bad people and traitors to the nation. How dare he sit down and share meal with these kinds of people? You want to be a blessing to someone? Let's do dinner. Really? Lunch, coffee an opportunity just to share a moment. This is what Jesus is doing. He's just giving us this incredible, I, I wanna be a blessing. So I'm just gonna sit down, we're gonna eat, and we're gonna talk. I love, that. I love this about, this is the king of the universe, by the way. It's like he breathed creation into existence, but hey, let's grab a hoagie, right? Or whatever, I don't, I don't, I don't think they ate hoagies. Shawarma, I don't know, I don't even know. I don't even, was shawarma even a thing back then? Does anybody know their Jewish history? Bread. All right, sorry, that, that tanked. All right, we're moving on. I loved the way that he served. I love the way that he served. Just healed, helped, cared for. Just said, what's, what's hurting? What's going on in your life? How can I serve you? This is what we saw. Just, he, he, it liter he literally says, I'm the son of man 
And I didn't come to be served. I just came to serve. And I just want to lay my life down. That's what he said. And then ultimately, what he did is he just shared his story. You know what Jesus did more than anything? He just shared the goodness of the Father. Shared. You guys can come up. We'll finish out. Now, you'll notice these are the things that Jesus did. And amazingly, it perfectly lines up with the word bless. Huh? Huh? Boom. Mind blown. I see it. You guys are going, oh my gosh, Jesus blessed people. That's what he did. Hey, over the next couple of weeks, well, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to unpack uh, these strategies on a deeper level, what the word of God has to say about those things and what it looks like for just our church family to become a blessing. I envision a moment, I envision a day when our church family is the biggest blessing to this city that there is. Not because they would have any cool programs, not for any other reason except for we just want to be a people who are the conduits of receiving the blessing of God and giving it away. Just hands open. We wake up on Monday morning. God, hands are open. What do you want to give to me? And what can I give away? Who can I bless? Maybe it's a meal. Maybe I just need to listen. Maybe there's somebody I can serve. Maybe there's somebody I can share my story, my broken, yucky, gross story. And seeing God come through and take all my mess and make it glorious. We're going to start with prayer. I want you guys to stand. You guys can play. Before we step out, and I just, if you just will, maybe close your eyes if it's helpful, just to be able to concentrate for just a moment. We're going to be finished here, next five minutes. But some of you are going, before we even start this process of saying, my, you know, I want to go and how can I be a blessing? You've been really hurt. Maybe you didn't have a father who blessed you. You didn't have parents that covered you. Or you've walked through some, some incredibly difficult things and you've wondered, am I even blessed? Does anyone even care or no? Because well before there is ever a call in our lives to step out and reach and to bless and touch someone's life, there's a good father who wants you to know, child, you're blessed. You may have been really hurt by some people that were supposed to be trustworthy in your life, but he wants you to know this morning you have a good father who sees you and wants to heal what's been broken. He wants to make straight the paths that the enemy tried to make crooked and broken that he wants to speak some new life and destiny over you and tell you his heart for you. He wants to invite you into his family and say, you're mine and I'm for you. No one can steal that from you. And so if you're wrestling this morning or struggling this morning, to believe that you can be blessed. 
You might even be looking at some of your failures and going, I don't deserve to be blessed. Let me tell you, the greatest lie of the enemy that he could ever perpetuate is that God's angry with you and frustrated with you and he's a million miles away. When the truth is, is the Father comes through Jesus and he opens his arms wide and says, I'm ready to receive you right now in this moment. Just in this moment. There's no, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to strive. All you do is turn your eyes to him, call on his name, and he answers. This is who he is. And so, Father, I just pray first and foremost, here in this moment, that we begin to receive the blessing. And if you're in that place and you're going, I don't know that I deserve blessing or I've never been blessed, I want you to just, I just, I want to encourage you to turn your heart to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I'm coming to you and I'm believing your word more than any of the lies that I've believed about myself to come into that. There are those of you here that have, you've received the, the, the rich blessings of the Lord and the Lord's just beginning to stir your heart and to say, it's time to look out because there's some people I want you to bless. In fact, I'm just gonna ask right now, Lord, would you just begin to give us one or two people that we're meant to begin to bless? Not out to, we have to go preach to them. I have to run, I have to have a bunch of anxiety, just someone that we can come alongside to bless, begin to pray for. In fact, I think it's probably there's some, some, somebody that the Lord's stirring in your heart just to begin to pray for. You might not even say a word to him, just to, to bless, just to begin to say, Lord, would you move on their behalf? Would you show them your goodness? Father, would you begin to put in our heart ways we can partner with you with our hands open, ready to give, ready to love, ready to partner with you. I'm gonna just sing this song one more time, an opportunity just to receive the blessing of the Lord. I know the Lord wants to minister to you. Receive his blessing right now and to be built up to become a blessing. Let's sing this together.